You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We're talking all things Aaron Judge and his injury. Dr. Robert Friedman, uh, podiatric, first time I've ever used that word, surgeon in the Department of Orthopedic Surgery, Columbia University Medical Center. So, uh, Dr. Friedman, we are so thrilled to have you on with us today. Thank you so much for spending some time and, and blocking out this uh, Sunday morning for us. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Anita. Thanks for having me on. All right. So first things first, everybody wants to know, you know, we go from hearing that Aaron, and and, and full disclosure, you're a Yankees fan. So you've been on top of this story as a fan, not just a professional. Um, So the first thing we hear is that uh, Aaron Judge has a sprained ligament in his toe. And yesterday, boom, talk about a judge bomb. Uh, He tells a New York beat reporter that it is a torn ligament in the toe. Then uh, later on, he, he, he then says he's not sure if he's going to be able to return this season. Later on, we hear from Aaron Boone. Boone doesn't, not sure if, if, if he's able to return this season. So the narrative changes and obviously Yankee fans now uh, very concerned. So um, explain the difference between a, uh, a sprain and a tear and how much more significant that is. Sure. So, first of all, there's a lot of uh, anatomy down in that area, that big toe joint. And we're talking about not a regular-sized human being, you know, a pretty tall guy with a lot of weight, a lot of force and a lot of torque that's going through that back foot, especially when he's swinging and as well as when he's running. So when you first, when you first analyze anyone, and full disclosure, of course, I have not um, taken care of Aaron Judge, nor have I seen any of these scans, nor has anyone really discussed his medical care with me. So everything I'm telling you is based on uh, a, re- a regular person that would walk into the, well, or hop into the office with a, with a problem like this. So I think when the injury first came about, when he hit the, uh, the wall uh, early in June, um, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an injury. So you, you, the, the trainers will evaluate, the physicians will evaluate it and see how he's doing, and they'll take him out on, at that time. And then you'll do some scans and see how it's going. Now, at, again, just what I would think is that when they saw the scan, they probably did not see anything that was really bad. Uh, and they anticipated that he initially would be able to go ahead and return. When he stopped, when he when he guess when he stopped uh, really progressing with his therapy, they decided to give him a platelet-rich plasma injection or PRP injection into the joint, which then he subsequently had a second one. Now, the purpose of the PRP injection is basically to harness the body's ability to be able to heal an injury. Now, at that point, it most likely was a sprain or it could have even been a very small tear in that area, which with the anticipation that it was small enough that based on radiographic findings and maybe based on clinical findings, that's all that would need to be done. But the truth of the matter is it doesn't matter what the MRI says. It matters what the player is feeling. So if he gets out and starts doing his reps and can't do what he wants to do, he's the one that's going to tell the trainers and tell the coaching staff, hey, I'm not ready to go ahead and play. I think as time progressed, you could see that he really wasn't getting better because after the first PRP injection, they pretty rapidly gave him a second one. And then the most recent discussion, he may even get a cortisone injection in that area. So from, from what I would gather is that, you know, he probably went out, they thought that he was going to be able to go out and return to play. And then when he tried to do some real reps, 
he just said, guys, I'm out. I can't do this. So uh, is it is it common to not to, to misdiagnose or not catch a tear as opposed to a strain? Right. So it's a good question. So sometimes these things are very, very subtle. I mean, the imaging is subtle in that area. Um, and maybe sometimes what you see is probably not a full tear. Because if he had a full tear and a really severe injury, like a, a major turf toe injury, um, which a lot of people may be familiar with from, from football, that type of injury, you know, it would be a shutdown injury right away. You'd say, hey, he's got a torn, torn this, he's got a turf toe, you know, he's going to be out for X number of weeks based on that injury. So it must have been something a little bit more subtle for them to be able to say, you know what, it's not as, not as clear cut. And then the other thing could be is as the, the injury, as time went on, the injury could also, there could be attrition. There could be actually just be getting a little bit worse as he's trying to rehab it or, or kind of push through, through the, you know, through the PRP injections and other treatments that he had, which by all, um, by all accounts, he admitted was very painful. Uh, Dr. Freeman joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Okay, so so now we kind of understand how we got to where we are today. What happens now? Uh, like, you know, uh, again, by hearing, and again, I, I know you're not, you're not uh, Aaron Judge's doctor, you know, mm-hmm. you know, HIPAA laws, we only know so much, we understand that. But based on what we are hearing, the narrative that we are hearing out of the Yankees, and that is... Not even sure he's going to be able to return this season. On a scale of 1 to 10, and you being a Yankees fan as well, how concerning is that? What happens now? If you were his doctor, what would you, what would you prescribe? What would be the next course of action? Sure. So, obviously, as a Yankee fan, I want to get him back as, as fast as possible. I'd want him back tomorrow. But as, as his doctor, the truth is, is that you always ask the patient, you know, what their level of interaction can be. And as a competitor at the level that he's at right now, you can, you can infer how much discomfort he's having because this is a, this is a guy who is a, a team leader, you know, reigning MV, you know, AL MVP. He obviously has, you know, captivated baseball fans all around. And if he says he can't play, that's pretty bad in, 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 in my estimation um, for a competitor. So as a, as a physician, I'm going to be evaluating him frequently and basically asking him, how are you doing? How are you doing? Right? So the first few things that he can probably do is, you know, take some catching practice in, in the outfield and then probably run. But the, but the big thing is with him is hitting. We're talking about his right foot and all that power, all that torque is going through his big toe joint. And the, the position that his toe has to be is going to be on, you know, right in that spot. And so if he's putting in, you know, 500 pounds of force into the ground, the ground is putting 500 pounds of force back up into that toe. And that's really going to be the telltale sign of when he can come back and do things. It has to be repetitive. He has to feel good doing it. He doesn't have to feel great. These people are, are used to playing in some kind of pain. So again, you can only imagine how, how much discomfort he, he's had in order for this to happen. I mean, last season with DJ being out with the toe injury and we know how much that affected him it's it, this isn't as minor as people say oh it's just a toe injury it's a it's a little bit of a bigger deal for him understanding the mechanics of baseball and what that part of his body does for him 
okay, so so this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint, right? And and so and so big picture here. And again, we're hearing out of uh, from the Yankees that not sure if he's going to be able to return this season. Um, you know, is is this career threatening? Is there a concern likely there? Could, could this? Okay. Like I would I would say likely not. I mean, there. Uh, this is an injury that that is is not a completely uncommon injury in athletes. And you know, we have good protocols for something like this. And he's being treated by you know some of the the best people around uh, for this problem. So I, I wouldn't think it's a career-ending injury. I mean, this is um, this is just something that may take some time. I mean, the the injury to that to that area of the body, whether it be any of the tendons in that area or something called a plantar plate in that area, um, the the PRP injections. The idea there is to help uh, the body again reengage and and heal it faster. You know, harnessing the body's potential to 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 be able to um, get him back to playing. I think if he gets to a certain point in time where the imaging starts to look better, but he still doesn't feel as well, you know, a, a, some type of a cortisone injection to decrease some of the inflammation, allow him to play. I think that those are all reasonable things. There could be modifications to some of his footwear if, if, if need be. Um, so I wouldn't say it's a career ender. The question really is, is how long is it going to take for him to get back into playing form? So with the all-star breaks coming around soon, I mean, it's hard for me to speculate somebody who's not, really going around and playing with, uh, you know, with his teammates in, in practice, how, how fast of a return to form he's going to be able to do. And I think the projections that a lot of people are having and saying, okay, let's just reevaluate him after the all-star break. You know, I think that's, again, this is going to be an Aaron judge decision. It's not going to be a doctor's decision or a coach's decision. It's going to be, when does he feel comfortable to be able to play? And, you know, that's the, that's the, uh, you know, $500 million question. Uh, last question for you. Um, any chance that this will require surgery at some point in time? Or is this something that can just self-heal? Right. Most of the time, the answer is no. I mean, if he had a very severe injury, a very severe turf toe injury with a dislocation, that would have been something that I, I, I think would have been described, you know, um, probably disclosed earlier saying he's going to be out, he's going to need surgery and things of that nature. Um, most of the time this thing heals. Um, it just takes a long, a long time um, for it to, for it to heal. But it's based on the information that I can glean from the reports. It's most likely not going to be a surgical problem. Uh, great stuff, Dr. Freeman. Really do appreciate your time and, and uh, getting us more in the know because, you know, there, there's so many question marks here. Uh, in regard to this injury and, 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 you know, obviously with such a significant human being like Aaron judge and what he means to this Yankees roster is, uh, is, is I, I'm sure as you, you totally understand as a Yankees fan, really concerning for a lot of Yankee fans. So thank you for your time this morning. Really do appreciate it. You're welcome, Anita. Have a great day. You got it. Uh, 800-919-3776. Uh, more in the know now. That's for sure. Uh, we'll take your calls when we get back here on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, 
We know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. You say the number a million times, Anita. You should know it. Um, Great stuff by Dr. Robert Friedman. Uh, A lot to digest there. Hopefully you're more in the know as uh, the coming weeks uh, will approach with or without Aaron Judge. Uh, That's for sure. Um, So uh, later on today, by the way, uh, 130, 135 is first pitch. Uh, You've got Voldy on the bump for Texas. He's 9-3 with a 2-8-0 ERA. Uh, And for New York, it's Garrett Colday. That's right, 8-1 with a 2-6-4 ERA as well. So good pitching matchup. This is going to be a good matchup. Excited to see. Hopefully the Yankees could get more than just four hits as they did yesterday, but they still won. Why? Because Severino uh, brought it yesterday, that's for sure. As for the Mets, um, you've got Carrasco going for them. He's 2-3 with a 6-3-4 ERA. No bueno. And uh, and Zach Wheeler will be pitching for the Phillies, 6-4 with a 3-4-8 ERA. Both the Mets and the Yankees uh, winners yesterday. 800-919-3776. I know we just had a caller who, uh, who wanted to talk about Judge, who unfortunately just dropped. If you can, please try to call back. We'll get you back on. Um, by the way, some Major League Baseball happening right now. We've got another game in London uh, between the Cubs and the Cardinals, which, by the way, um, Michael K is uh, is calling that game with Alex Rodriguez. How great is that? So uh, how am I playing this one? Yesterday, the over-under was 13. It ended up 9-1 with the Cubs. Uh, today, it opened up at 11.5. Already, the Cubs are on the board 1-0. And, um, and so now that's jumped up. It's now jumped to 13.5. <laughs> Well, uh, unfortunately, I jumped on this. I jumped on the over when it was 11 and a half prior to first pitch. I'm sorry. Uh, I should have uh, I, I should have shared that with you. But I also like the Cubs. And uh, and right now. Yeah. So not good. Um, the Cubs now minus three and a half at minus one, one, two, one twenty five. What does that mean? Uh, it means that the Cardinals, the Cubs will have to win by four, get four runs in order for that wager to win at minus 130 so you're laying 130 dollars down to 100 dollars. i wouldn't play this at all now because now the over under is at 14 and a half so uh sorry late to the party should have shared this with you before the game started that's my bad i was on the cubs uh to win this and just straight up on the money line was minus 155 also i liked the over at 11 and a half runs 
uh, why they're playing in a minor league stadium. Oh, that's why it changed. So see, this is so uh, this is taking place in London. So uh, and it's on ESPN TV. So the uh, I'm sure it's like on a 45 second to minute delay in regard to uh, what we see on TV as opposed to real live wagering. So this is why uh, right now, again, the Cubs now on the run line are minus three and a half. Actually, now they're minus four and a half. So more, 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 more runs have, have been scored that we haven't seen yet on ESPN. But nonetheless, I will, I will give you, which I hope will be another winner later on this afternoon, and that's the Orioles. They're going up against Seattle. Uh, they are at home at Camden Yards. Uh, they are even money on the run line. Uh, Kyle Bradish is pitching, and he has just been unstoppable at Camden Yards. Uh, must be that Boog's barbecue. If you haven't had it yet, it's just absolutely delicious. Uh, he's only given up two runs in his last three starts. Also, this is an Orioles lineup. They're really good against right-handed pitchers. And George Kirby is on the bump for Seattle, and that's exactly what he is. Cedric Mullins is expected back for the Orioles. He's been out for about 20 games. So, uh, so Kirby uh, and the Seattle Mariners, uh, this is their sixth road trip. They've been out east. As we know, they took on the Yankees, and now they've been in Baltimore. They are ready for some home cooking. Another reason why I like the Orioles. So the Orioles on the uh, <laughs> another home run. So now the Cubs are up 4-0. We're not even out of the first yet. So the Orioles uh, on the uh, on the money line are are even money. So that would be my play there. And again, my apologies. I like the over here at 11 and a half, and we're already 4-0, top of the first with Chicago uh, getting first dibs at bat against the Cardinals. So there's that. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Justin calling in from Tom's River. Justin, good morning. Hey, good morning, Anita. Thank you for taking my phone call. Um, You know, as a Yankee fan, even before the judge injury, I don't think this team was a World Series contender, in my opinion. And now with this judge injury, you know, I I, I have a lot of cause for concern. I'm I'm a taller guy myself. And even if he does come back this year, I don't think he's going to be 100%. I think you know, this is really going to really affect him. And even if he comes back in August or September, I think the Yankees are going to be out of it, in my opinion. So, in my opinion, the Yankees should be sellers at the deadline if they're out of it. Kind of like in 2016, get some prospects, get some picks. And then also, too, there was a good article with Jeff Passan where he was saying with this draft class being really deep this year that the Yankees should go over their draft pool and acquire a lot of draft picks and use them as trade assets in the future because they would get a good get, uh, good bang for their buck this year in the draft. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, Justin, not sure. Thank you for the phone call. Not sure if you were listening uh, just a short while ago, but hosted yesterday, and we posted a poll on our 98.7 ESPN Twitter feed. Yankee fans, would you rather see this team sell, uh, be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? And an astounding 82% of Yankee fans, 82% said sell more so than buy. So, um, you know, uh, that, that, uh, you're not alone in, in, that, in that mindset. That's for sure. All right, we'll continue to take your calls. Also, we come back. It's time for click or don't click. I know we've been spending the last 90 minutes talking about the Yankees. Uh, let's broaden um, our horizons here and uh, let's look big picture. Let's find out what is trending in our wide, wide world of sport at 10.30 in the morning. We'll have a little click or don't click segment. Our producers, Tom 
and uh, and Joe lead the way. Also, we'll switch gears and talk some NBA. We got Moke Hamilton, who's going to be joining us at the top of the next hour. Haven't had a chance to recap what happened in the NBA draft. And of course, looking forward to the summer that will be for the Knicks and the Nets. So still a lot more coming your way. Nita Marks with you on this Sunday Funday here on 98.7 ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This is Click. 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 Or don't. Very simply, here's the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? All right, time for a little click or don't click. Our fun way, we take our tour around our wide, wide world of sport. We find out what is trending at 1031 a.m. on this Sunday based on the headlines. Do the headlines grab us where we're like, oh, yeah, click that. I want to know more. Or are we like, no, doesn't do anything for me. Let's move on. Our producers always lead the way, and that is Tom and Joe this morning. All right, gentlemen, what you got? Well, let's start with this, Anita. Are you interested in a baseball team scoring 25 runs in a single game? Um, yes. Well, I'm glad you are because the Los Angeles Angels authored a 25-1 to victory over the Colorado Rocky, Rockies yesterday at Coors Field. That included Mike Trout's uh, 17th home run of the season, one of mm. five home runs in the game, and the Angels had a franchise record 28 hits last night in their effort uh their run total is a franchise record and their 24 run differential is the largest win in major league baseball since the texas rangers defeat the baltimore orioles by 27 runs in 2007 according to espn stats and information research the colorado rockies used four pitchers in this loss All of them gave up at least one run, including the starting pitcher Chase Anderson, who gave up nine earned runs and ten hits in just two and two-thirds innings. And the guy who followed him, Matt Karasiti, he allowed six runs on four hits in a third of an inning. So good for him. Shout out to Rockies owner Dick Montfort, who believed his team, the Colorado Rockies, could play 500 ball in 2023, yet his team has a record of 
let's see, 30 and 49. So uh, good for the Colorado Rockies. But uh, big props to the Angels for scoring 25 runs in a single game, even if it is Rockies. It's unbelievable, right? Like, like at some point in time, did the mercy rule ever come into play? Like, well, at, may- at what at what point are you like, listen, this game, like, there's no way they're coming back from this. Well, there have been dramatic comebacks before. I know the Yankees had a big comeback. I think of that, but that was like eight runs against the Red Sox not too long ago, um, in recent years. But at some point, maybe MLB should think about maybe a mercy rule if they want to really speed up their games. Eh, maybe do seven innings or something like that. If you're winning by more than, I don't know what we could say. Maybe like. 10 to 12 runs or something like that because they're all about speeding up the game in the Rob Manfred era. So, you know what? Maybe that's one way to do it. The fans probably wouldn't be happy because they're not getting their money's worth out of their ticket. But Major League Baseball sure would if uh, it means they can speed up the game and somehow get the same commercial revenue. Joseph? Anita, are you interested in the best baseball team in the country? That's that's the that's the headline. Yeah, I guess I would I would click that. I'm I'm curious. So I mean, to each their own. If you're not familiar with college baseball, the college baseball World Series is going on mm. right now. And if you're a Yankee or a Met fan, tired of watching sloppy baseball, turn on the College World Series and see the best team in the country playing right now, and that's the LSU Tigers. Ty Floyd last night set a career high in strikeouts and the most strikeouts in a College World Series game in 51 years with 17. And Cade Beloso won the game on a walk-off home run in Game 1 of the College World Series, 4-3 win for the Tigers over the Florida Gators. Don't you think it's 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 interesting? I feel like like whenever we get around this time, it, like it's always like the Southeast teams that dominate college baseball right it's lsu it's texas right it's like don't don't you don't you kind of get like you get that feel well they have an unfair advantage because college baseball season largely in division one starts in february and the southern teams it's warm and i mean it's not relatively it's warm in texas and florida in southern california so they have the upper hand over teams like, say, St. John's or my Iona Gales, who are just absolutely dreadful, but I don't think it's because of the weather. But it is sort of an unfair advantage, and all those you know northern teams have to play down south for a large majority of the, the month of February because they just simply can't play their games in the snow. Isn't was it Oklahoma or Oklahoma State as well? that are dominant oh, for the, when it comes to college baseball? It's college softball. The Oklahoma Sooners are like the Yukon Huskies or the UCLA Bruins in softball. It's not They shouldn't even field the games. You know at the end of the year who's going to be holding the trophy. Well, let me ask you this. And, and again, I'm asking because I don't, you know, I don't, I don't follow college baseball. Um, what, what is, what is more dominant? Is the top three or four teams in college baseball more dominant than the top three or four college team uh, college teams in in college football more dominant? Like, is is there is there a, a greater domination in college baseball than there is with like you know Alabama and Clemson and Georgia right now? No, I would kind of 
equate college baseball on a year-in and year-out basis to more what we saw this year in college basketball with the parity and team. More often than not, yes, you'll probably see the, the, the same teams in, in the tournament at the end of the year or in the, in, the, in the World Series at the end of the year, but you do get a little bit more parity as opposed to in college football with Georgia and Alabama in the final or the championship game every single season. Interesting. Um, Tom, what you got? Anita, are you familiar with the, a, I guess now infamous NFL player named Antonio Brown? Of course I am. Well, not only is his uh, team from the Arena Football League that got kicked out, the Albany Empire, not only are members of that team planning to take a lawsuit against Antonio Brown for uh, bouncing their checks, essentially, but in a, in a diversion attempt probably to get off that subject, Antonio Brown went on the Cheetah Pod, that's Tyreek Hill's podcast, and explained what caused his very famous meltdown in that Jets game that pretty much ended his NFL career. Let's Ooh, take a listen. I want to hear this. I'm definitely clicking this. Yes. Well, I'm glad because we have the sound right now. We about Ooh. to play the Jets, and this week I'm really hurt. Like, So I'm like taking pictures to the coach. Like, coach, man, are we going to win the Super Bowl? Man, I think I need to just take these last two weeks. At least, like, recover up so I could give you my best when we, to the time that I mean the most, that we're here to win the Super Bowl. So the coach like, hey, man, we ain't resting. So Tom called me like, yo, this week, man, the Jets, man, they sweet, man. I'm going to hit you with, like, 10 to 12. So he done gas me up. So, you know, me, that's all I needed to hear. Like, yo, you going to throw me the ball? This is like me saying, like, I got a new crib. Like, you know me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know what I'm saying? He done geek me up. So I'm like, yo, I'm already really f***ed up. So I'm like. But you know, as a player, like if you fucked up and your and your team around you supporting you, you might suck it up for the team. Oh, yeah, like, you, you gonna know suck what? it up for the for the, for for the, the game. So right. it's like, yo, Tom Brady, done hit me up. Like, yo, this a big week. So I'm like, why not? Oh, that sucks to be you, Antonio Brown. Uh, there's more <laughs> from the Cheetah Pod on the disagreements with Tom Brady and other Bucks staff that I guess happened throughout the year, or maybe it happened in that game. I guess we're gonna find out from Antonio Brown right now. So these guys actually charging me to work with me, and it's like the team actually paid this guy to like work with the players. So he, I'm paying him on top of the payment from this, and he's not That's even crazy. going out his way. Then before the game, Tom, my my guy, one of the mutual friends with me and Tom, like, yo, go see him before the game, man. He's gonna work with you. You know how you was before the game, bro. You ain't really trying to even give nobody your energy. I ain't trying to do nothing. Imagine. So now I'm going to work with him. He's just like hugging me like he can't. So now I come playing the game. I'm hurt. Like I'm in my zone. I'm super hurt. And it's like, yo, I might hurt myself more. And they're they not really trying to put me in a good position. Like, I'm not out here to hurt myself. I'm out here to help you guys win. I mean, getting the ball, help you move the chains, get in the zone. So right now, we had a different time right now. You guys not trying to see none of that. You guys is mixing me with, like, he don't want to work with me. I'm paying him. You don't want to throw me the ball, and you making me like I'm crazy. So it's like, I'm crazy? F*** all you motherfuckers. I'm out here. <laughs> language it's a family program and yes you are crazy Antonio Brown that's just my opinion by the way um so essentially Anita what I'm gaining out of this is he's mad because he didn't get the ball thrown to him how unfortunate well okay so I and, I, and, and let me preface by saying I am listen I am not I am not supporting uh anything that uh that Antonio Brown just said or what he does on a day-to-day -day routine but I, I, I don't agree with it, but I understand where he's coming from uh, in, in, you know, in, in trying to understand his, the way that he communicates. Um, number one, he felt that, all right, I'm injured, right? So 
I'm going to send pictures to the coach, letting him know I'm, I'm not BSing anyone. I am injured. So it's best if, you know, we're, we're already in a situation, our division really stinks. We're already in a division where we really have a chance uh, to make it to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. So let me rest the next two weeks. Coach says, no, nobody's resting. Okay. Tom Brady calls him or texts him and says, hey, listen, uh, I know you're going to play today. You're going to play this week against the Jets. Uh, you're going to shine. I'm going to make you shine. I'm going to target you 12 to 14 times. So now Antonio Brown is saying, okay, I'm injured. I'm hurt and I'm injured. I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to play because Tom Brady is going to feature me. And then he does that. He probably took a cortisone shot, probably got himself mentally ready to play injured, hurt. And he comes into the game and he's getting no targets. So he's out there running routes at 100 110% thinking he's going to be a star for the day because this is what's been communicated to him and he doesn't get any targets. And so now he's ticked off. So then now he goes to Tom and he goes to the coaching staff and he's like, hey, I I thought that I was going to be featured in this game and I'm not. And And then they diss him and then he blows up. So a few things. Number one, now do I agree with that behavior? Absolutely not. Do I understand his frustration? Yes. Do I blame the coaching staff and Tom Brady for not handling the situation better, knowing you've got a, a ticking bomb on your hand? That's on them. Agree or disagree? That's on them. They handled this, posi- they handled this situation really poorly. <sighs> knowing I mean- what they were, knowing, you listen, eyes wide open. You know what you're dealing with, especially when it comes to, this isn't his first rodeo. You like, like you, you sign him, you bring him onto your team. You know what you're getting involved with. Yeah. That's kind of the Bucks fault for kind of taking the chance on him. Like everybody knows what type of talent Antonio Brown possesses and could possess still even to any NFL team, but you know what he's capable of and it just came back to bite them. And by the way, I looked it up because I have his game stats right here. Before he decided to say peace out to the fans in the Buccaneers organization and his NFL career, he did get five targets in that game, caught three passes. The previous game, he got 15 targets. Not saying he may have been hurt at that point, but just saying he's still getting targets at that rate. Maybe not as much as Tom Brady promised. I don't remember exactly when he left the game. But yeah, it's a situation that the Bucks are probably now regretting getting themselves into. Unbelievable. You guys got one more before we, uh, we, we take a break? One more, and it'll be it's kind of a somber goodbye to one of the longer-tenured ESPN SportsCenter anchors. Neil Everett calls it a mm. career after 23 years behind the SportsCenter desk. And like he ended his show, I will end this by saying, love is a long way road. Uh, lo- love is a long road, and we will definitely see Neil Everett down it. Yeah, um... I, I had I had read that as well. I, I crossed paths with crossed paths with Neil um, before he was out in L.A. So I saw him quite a few times uh, on the trips prior to COVID when I was uh, up in Bristol, Connecticut, at least once a week. So uh, really, really fantastic career with ESPN. All right, that about sums up our uh, our click or don't click. This is what's trending right now at ten forty five a.m. on this Sunday morning. Uh, quick break. Let's uh, let's talk some NBA. Able to uh, to finally recap what happened this week in the NBA draft. Uh, Wimbenyama going to the Spurs at number one. Uh, I might 
be a little negative Nelly here. I'll share with you all the reasons why when we get back. We also have Moke Hamilton, who's going to be joining us at the top of the 11 o'clock hour, talking about the draft as well as what we can anticipate uh, the summer that will be of NBA free agency. So all that coming your way next here on 98.7 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Let's talk some NBA. Now, um, Tom, Joe, did you guys watch the uh, NBA draft? I did. This past week? I didn't. Supposedly, I saw. I thought they got like record viewership or something like that in the peak, like hours or right around eight o'clock when Victor Wembanyama was drafted. Probably just people tuning in to see that. Then I saw Brandon Miller got selected. Then Scoot to Portland, and then I sort of stopped paying attention. But I did watch most of the first round, though. So, so I watched, um, and and not that I'm a big NBA draft fan, but a part of me was like, okay, you know, all this. Hoopla, all this, you know, with with Wimby, with Wimby Nyanama, uh, I, I felt like this very well could be history in the making, right? And, um, and you know, of course, I want to be one of those people to say, well, uh, you know, I was watching when. I was watching when he was drafted by the Spurs. <coughs> um, so I did tune in. Also, uh, I... I I wagered on the NBA draft. I know, ooh, no surprise to folks out there. Nina Marks wagering on the NBA draft. Uh, I thought Scoot Henderson would go number two overall to the Charlotte Hornets. That did not that did not happen, so that was not the case. I lost there because they went with Brandon Miller, which I feel that they are going to wholeheartedly regret uh, for the, the, the coming years. But I'll hold up on that for just a second. So, and... and Listen, Wimby going number one over, overall, the right choice, everything that we've heard uh, in, in the analysis and the expectations, you know, Wimby to the NBA is the next coming of LeBron James, if you recall, right? Uh, when LeBron James was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's what my, and, and everything we hear, like somebody his size, right? Um, being able to, do all the things, all the things that he's able to do, which is uh, pretty, pretty, pretty phenomenal. Okay. But somebody who's seven, five, who obviously can play the center position, block everything that comes in, in, in his orbit probably will be one of the best rim protectors in the NBA. Uh, but at the same time with this body and this frame can play like a, like, a power forward or a small forward uh, on the wing, if possible. So uh, unbelievable. He is seven five two thirty. In sneakers, he's seven six. But he is over seven feet tall, and so therefore there is a huge injury concern for any player who's over seven feet tall. Right? Let's go back. Greg Oden played three seasons in the NBA, one hundred and five games. 
had to stop because of injury. Yao Ming, eight seasons in the NBA, but the majority of them injury riddled. Uh, KP, injuries. Zion, injuries. AD, injuries. Uh, you know, when you have somebody who's over seven feet tall, it's just like, you know, it's, it, it, he's not your average bear uh, by any stretch of the imagination, let alone somebody who's seven five. Now, uh, he has had injuries so far. He played 33 of his 76 games for ASVEL, ASVEL, uh, prior, of course, uh, to being drafted by the Spurs. In 2020, he had a fibula injury. In 2021, he broke his finger. He also had a shoulder contusion. And uh, in last year, 2022, actually, uh, he had a back injury. Okay? So he, he does have some, and nothing significant, but he does have, you know, and, and listen, he's an athlete. Athletes have injuries. There, there's nothing eye, you know, jaw-dropping or eye-popping there. But I came across a really interesting article on ESPN.com in regard to Wimby's village, as I like to call it, his camp, his village, his team of people. Now, his mother was a basketball coach. Uh, He's been groomed. He's been groomed for this since he was a young pup. He has a team of people who oversee his food intake. He eats five times a day, okay? Okay. Um, He has a coach. He's a sleeping coach. He needs 10 hours of sleep a day. I don't know about you. I'm sufficient on five. I know, I know reports are, that's not, shouldn't be the case, but it is. Um, Five or six. I'm, I'm golden. I don't like sleeping more than that. I I feel like I miss too much of the day. Uh, His sleeping coach actually wants him to sleep for 11 hours. There's only 24 hours in the day. How are you, here's my question. How are you sleeping 10, 11 hours a day uh, and, and, and eating five times a day? You're, I just, wow. Um, uh, a, a really big commitment to stretching for Wimby. Here's why. He can't gain weight too fast. His body is still growing. He's still going through puberty. And so there is, there is a team, there is a village that are monitoring, controlling the way that Wimby grows and develops in order to avoid injury. Very interesting, right? So, and now he gets drafted by a team that Greg Popovich is the head coach who created believes in load management. So with that being said, Wimby to me is a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, who knows how many games we're going to see him play this season, how many minutes we're going to see him play this season. Right now he is favored to win Rookie of the Year, and it's at minus 225. But my money is on Scoot Henderson at plus 350, who, again, I do believe Charlotte is going to wholeheartedly regret not drafting him at two. They went with Miller uh, for uh, immediate fit as opposed to long-term, I think, ceiling. I think Scoot Henderson has a higher ceiling than, than Brandon Miller. Just my two cents. Um, I think Portland got a steal at three. I really believe they did. And, uh, and, and I think he's just an all around dynamic athlete, really explosive. Uh, his, his game should translate into the NBA extremely well coming over from the G league. 
Uh, he's got a 7-1 wingspan, high basketball IQ. And if Damian Lillard stays there and he plays along with Lillard, boy, watch out. Sky's the limit. So for me, even though, again, Wimby is hands down the best player, again, this is a marathon, not a sprint, uh, more, will more than likely, you know, arguably be one of the best players to ever play in the NBA based on everything that we're hearing from folks, if he can stay healthy and he's got a village working on his side to stay healthy. But for the sprint and for this coming season, for me, it's Scoot Henderson. Um, I I think he's going to be an absolute beast this year in the NBA. Uh, What does Mo Hamilton think? We'll find out next. Also, before we take a break, I want to remind you the ESPN New York beach bash hits the Jersey shore on Friday, June 30th, at Bar A in Lake Como for two live broadcasts, an appearance from DiPietro and Rothenberg. Um, giveaways, uh, they'll give away the All-American Ford Bronco. Uh, it all kicks off with Barton Hahn live at noon, followed by the Michael K. Show from 3 to 7. Uh, giveaway for fans and attendance, music from the Moroccan Sheep Herders. It's all brought to you by Patron Tequila, Stilly Vodka, BetMGM, All-American Auto Group, Calandra's Bakery, Smart Water, Flight by Yingling. You must be at least 21 years of age or older to attend. So uh, if you are, make sure you head out there and have some fun. Uh, quick break. We come back. We kick off hour number three right here on 90.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 